So this is a movie that you guys will like. I thought it was okay. Oh baby, that was good. I am stupid. I like to cook slop. You want to top that slop? Thought we were gonna have fun here. Yes, queen. Down with guilty pleasures, up with pleasure pleasures. Did we talk you into? Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other, and maybe even you, into liking what we like. This episode is Jimmy Day. Yep. My name is Jimmy, and my friends and I strongly considered buying a small movie theater. My name is Dan, and I am really good at not working. My name is Jeff, and one time our friend Adam needed to shower at Dan's house. While he was in the shower, I snuck into the bathroom from the outside window, grabbed all of the towels, carpets, clothes, and ran out. With nothing to dry or wear, Adam walked out of the bathroom like a shit mummy wrapped in sopping wet see-through toilet paper. It was as gross as it was funny. <laughs> that's that's awesome. That yeah, Jimmy doesn't really surprise fun. me. So, Jimmy, I, I got to ask, what were these plans to buy a movie theater and why was I not included? <laughs> so this was at the very beginning of COVID-19. Um, there is a small movie theater that we all enjoyed going to. Uh, it was in, in Bethel, I believe. And um, yeah, it just uh, it unfortunately closed and they were selling. And I had friends that were like, we could potentially you know like look into this and i was like yo that would be dope and like we were sort of going through the logistics of it and you were like this whole quarantine thing's only going to last another two weeks so we'll be raking in the dough (laughs) yeah exactly and um i think we made the good decision seeing as you know the world uh is still shut down after almost a year dude and i wanted to do that for forest theater in west haven the poster on their doors for like 15 years was the sixth day with arnold schwarzenegger so it yeah. was closed for a long time and every time i drove by it i was like that would be dope to just like buy it and like put on cool little events and then they knocked it down and just made the roads one lane wider yeah i don't know what cool. they're going to do with that theater but um i i hope somebody buys it because it, it is a cool little theater but yeah, we were we had all these plans like thinking about getting like an actual film projector and then I can learn how to become a projectionist and Dude, this was cool. my dream for the little one screen theater in Naugatuck that's been shut down since the eighties called the Salem Theater. Yeah. I actually got so far as contacting the people who own it and they're like, We have plans for the property and I was like, Oh, what are no, the they plans? Don't. He's like, It's a tax haven. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, Okay. Those are cool plans. Yeah. Yeah. So, so- so yeah. Jimmy, yeah, uh, this is a little bit of a different episode, as you said. Uh, we're calling this Jimmy Day. Yeah, I'll, so, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Exactly. So we decided, uh, Jeff and I, you know, we spoke and and we spoke to you that at the time of this recording, it's very near your birthday, which, if yeah. I'm correct, is January fourteenth. Correct. Ooh, that's pretty good of me. Yeah. So we decided. This would be sort of like halfway between a record roundtable and a regular Dan and Jeff talk Jimmy into something, which is you you say, Jeff. 
Well, this was going to be a record roundtable, but Jimmy's like, I don't really like music. I don't have a record to listen to. So sorry. So we changed it up and we're doing a roundtable. It's going to be the same format. If you heard those before, Dan and I are each picking a separate topic, Uh, you know, a shorter one, just like something quick and fun uh, to talk Jimmy into. And some record roundtables are even regular topics we pick because we know the other person's going to like it or some of them we like and we know is going to be an uphill battle the latter is not the case we pick two things that we think jimmy will love for yeah. jimmy day yeah okay so we we decided to celebrate jimmy's birthday uh and maybe we'll do a Dan day and a Jeff day in the future. Uh, we picked cool. two topics of any possible medium that we thought Jimmy would love to celebrate his birthday. Yeah. So that's so, how uh, this episode's going to roll. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, yeah. We're, we're just getting back in the swing of things because we're talking about this way too early. But, you know, yeah, it's fine. Dan, Dan um, skipped over the, uh, talking ourselves <laughs> into. He skipped over reviews. We didn't no, even no, take a this break. is all He's coming. Just like, yeah, we're going to jump into it. I just thought if I was the listener and Jimmy said this week's episode is Jimmy Day, I'd be going, what? Yeah, I'm, I, right, I was well, confused about it, too. But, you know. Yeah, well, we're going to get back to this. But Dan. Yeah. Were there any reviews since we've last recorded? So we got a really in-depth, really nicely thought out email from a friend of the pod, friend of the pod, Miranda, who actually contributed music to our rent episode which if you haven't checked out i i encourage you to go listen to that but this email goes all the way back to our flea bag episode which is something she was really passionate about um she had some really nice things to say about uh my my job of you know explaining flea bag to you guys and trying to talk you into it i'm not going to read the whole email on here maybe that's something we could post in the future on our on our instagram or facebook or something but um she says that she took Jeff's no and Jimmy's soft yes very personally because she'd been waiting so long for us to cover Fleabag. And she's at a point where she watches the show in its entirety at least one night every week because she's a crazy person. That is quite crazy. <laughs> that is yeah. ridiculous. I don't think I've ever done that for anything I like. Like, I eat food a lot and I like food, but I have to. Uh, yeah. You know, it's pretty She dedicated. also went on to say that um if whoever is tr- supposed to get talked into rent in a few weeks isn't talked into it you will actually break my heart so jeff you broke miranda's heart <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm sorry she performed you know, on that episode and everything yeah i've listened to don't go breaking my heart so many times and here i go not listening to the rules of the song yeah well miranda we love you keep listening i'm sure there will be topics in the future that you will jump on board with and uh hopefully jeff can make it up to you somehow Miranda Day. <laughs> Hello, fell boyos. How are you guys today? I'm I was good. trying something new. I don't think it worked out. No, um, it didn't. Yeah, so this is the part of the show that we mentioned uh, a little bit ago, uh, where we talk ourselves into things. It's not something big that, like, it's not life-changing. It's Actually, it could be life-changing. I don't know, but it's not going to be something mm. we're going to try to talk each other into. I mean, you uh, did once talk yourself into becoming a father. I'd say that's life-changing. Yeah, it's it's changed my life a little bit. It's pretty <laughs> good. Um, uh, and kind of related to that, 
lately I've been talking myself into catching up on Talk Me Into as a listener. Oh, yeah. Wow, yeah, because as everybody uh, who follows the show knows, I was not on several episodes. And um, it was it was cool to hear hear my friends have a podcast. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I've said this before. I have I have friends and I know a lot of them don't listen to this. I would yeah. listen to every friend I have podcast if they had one. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, aren't you just curious? So, yeah, I listened. I listened to uh, well, I was on half Sopranos, but I listened to Shit's Creek and Binging with Babish and uh, Shit's Creek. Since I've I saw some of those episodes before, I just listened to the whole episode in its entirety. But Binging with Babish, I did the other method that some people listen to the show. I listened to the first half yeah. stopped. And then I looked at the playlist. I watched everything. And then I went back and listened to the second half. And I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. How did I do? <laughs> you guys did well. It was yeah. cool. Did yeah, we talk and, into uh, anything? Well, I was talking to Shit's Creek. But yeah, Jimmy talked me into binging with Babish because I haven't. I only saw maybe a couple of his videos before. But yeah, he's pretty good. And I watched some more of it. So impromptu aside, this was not planned. But uh, just a little quick follow-ups jimmy i have watched every episode of binging with babish oh my every gosh one. holy shit. I, That's well, like hundreds. Let, me, let, let me sort of restate that i've watched all of the like actual you know tv and movie like stuff the tie-ins I yeah i have only watched a couple basics and i haven't watched any being with mm. but yeah i really love all the tie-in stuff and uh jimmy yeah, I've I've also finished Shit's Creek and it really nails the ending. So I have to ask, have you watched any more Shit's Creek? I've watched one episode since. Oh boy, <laughs> you got yeah, you know that, that's dude. better it's than so some good. of them. Jimmy, what have you been talking yourself into? <laughs> wow, um, that was very natural. <laughs> it was. It was the most natural transition between recording breaks that I've ever. Yeah, we we didn't have any sort of technical difficulties no, at all. Not at um, all. So this week, I have been talking myself into, and I would probably say since Christmas, I've been talking myself into having a PlayStation 5. Oh, wow. Humble brag. Yeah, it is um, uh, awesome. It is definitely, (laughs) Jeff is just doing stuff with his camera. Wow. Um, It's great. Uh, I have to give a big shout out to my stepmother, uh, Colleen, for for finding one for Christmas. And I thought you were going to be like, I got to give a big shout out to Sony. <laughs> what up, Sony? <laughs> yeah, for what up, Sony? For just me. Yeah, they, they're super hard to find. Um, so the fact that she found one for me and my brother was pretty crazy. My mother-in-law found an Xbox two days before Christmas for cost. Really? Yeah. Just oh, that's now? pretty good. Uh, two no, days before, before Christmas, Christmas, I said. So not just yeah, now. but I meant like this year she found an original yeah. Xbox. No, like the new one, the original <laughs> oh, Xbox okay. you can buy for like ten cents anywhere. Dan, come on. Oh, the That's Xbox. Why I thought it was interesting that you were bragging about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's dope. I mean, the controller is really nice. Uh, the it's graphics dope. are crazy. Um, Dan, you were over my house for a little bit. Did you get to try it at all? I don't I remember. Did. Yeah, I played a few minutes of Miles Morales. By the yes. way, guys, we all had masks. Yes, we did. Were they um, Spider-Man masks, though? I wish. That oh, that cool. would have been really cool. Very it was really cool. fun. My eight-year-old niece, Evie, played for a long time, except she didn't want to actually do any of the gameplay. Like, <laughs> yeah. She didn't want to stop crimes. She just wanted to pick up objects and throw them at innocent civilians. Cool. Yes, <laughs> that is correct. She was doing that. 
and uh it's super good i mean the controller feels really nice they have like adaptive triggers so like if you press down a little bit you can feel resistance and that's like depending on the game which is really cool uh the rumble is like really nice it fits ergonomically in your hands and uh, the um, biggest takeaway i had as someone who's like not a big gamer yeah. uh I mean, the graphics obviously are beautiful, but I thought the PS4 looked beautiful as well. It does, I, yeah. I noticed, as you had said before, getting the PS5, no lag times, no, you know... Load screens. No load screens. Right. And, uh, super smooth integration between, like, gameplay and cutscenes. Yes, for sure. Uh, it, it goes, like, right into it. Like, you go in, like, in Spider-Man Miles Morales or the regular Spider-Man game, you go in between, like, New York City and going inside buildings and stuff. And, like, usually there will be a load screen, but it's instantaneous, which is yeah. crazy. It's really yeah. well done and really enjoying it. Uh, I've been playing some Demon Souls, uh, which might be a future talking myself into because I'm sort of, oh, like, boy. getting into it. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Dan, nice. what yeah. are you talking yourself into? Mine is based on a Christmas gift as well. Wow. I've been talking myself into becoming a barista. Oh. <laughs> this this is so on brand for Dan. Like, I know he's never said this before in the Talk Ourselves Into segment, <laughs> but it feels like he could have every single episode we've ever had. Correct. I mean, to clarify, I'm not becoming a barista. Like, I don't want to, and I don't have the skills to. Will you I become did. a Sandinista? Uh, yes. Okay. I, I mean, I listened to the album, Santanese. That's what I meant. Uh, now I have that album stuck in my head. Anyways, so <laughs> I got an espresso machine, uh, for Christmas from my parents and it's, it's really cool because it's set up like a Keurig machine, like it uses mm -hmm. pods, but it has enough pressure and heat to make a proper espresso. Like it has the crema on top and everything. Wow. So the problem is I do not know how to make any espresso drinks. <laughs> so I've been trying to teach myself and they're all relatively easy. Like it's some variation of espresso with steamed milk, frothed milk, hot water. You know, those are the basic ingredients. The difficulty comes in like the ratio. So the mm. difference between like a latte and a cappuccino is just the ratio of steamed milk to frothed milk. And I am not good at doing that and controlling that <laughs> ratio. So I just drink espresso with some form of hot frothy milk in it and i just call it a dan <laughs> a dan <laughs> it's different I mean, that every sounds single good. time yeah but if good. somebody bought me an espresso machine i would throw it at him and say you don't even know me that's true you don't like oh, any yeah. coffee or coffee flavored things. yeah and espresso is just disgusting and just like i'll just go outside after it rains and just like scoop up some water from a dirt puddle and just like there's that open-minded jeff just that like everyone's come to fart in it and i'll be like oh there's my <laughs> my warm fart water <laughs> well jeff now that you have a child and you're not sleeping that much maybe you'll come to enjoy coffee or espresso oh uh, no i had two red bulls the other day it didn't help it's just in your head like energy drinks don't do anything Except yeah, for it tastes bad and cost a lot. Coffee tastes a lot better than energy drinks. No, that's not true. Yeah, it's debatable. Let's fight each other on it. Okay. Wow. <laughs> you startled me. It's scary. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, this is now the part of the show where we explain <laughs> what the topic is. Okay, 
already so did that, now that loser. yeah now that we explained what jimmy day is and what we're doing i guess we can get into both of our topics right sounds sounds well, jimmy, good how everybody? old are you going to be i'm gonna be 26 Oh, little baby oh, Jimmy. Yeah. I, I I have to change my topic. I was going to talk you into being 27. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Damn. Next year. Um, uh, so the first topic um, I picked because you are getting more into hardcore music. You've stated it on the show. Uh, yep. We've talked about hardcore music on this show. Uh, and Dan mentioned that, and, and I know that you like melody and melodic music. So I was trying mm-hmm. to think of something melodic. Too. Yeah, something melodic, <laughs> harmonic, uh, not demonic, because you're a good Catholic boy. I don't know if you are or not. <laughs> not um, a good Catholic boy, I can tell you that much. <laughs> so so I picked something like that, which is also hardcore and totally rips, and it is a band that Dan and I are very familiar with and have enjoyed for many years, and that band is A Wilhelm Scream. Oh, I've heard of them. You've heard yeah. of them, but have you heard them? No, I haven't. So Ooh, they have. Fun. I also know the f- actual Wilhelm scream. Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask you if you knew what that was in reference <laughs> yes. to. Yes. Um, so they have five full length albums and an EP. Um, but, you know, like a round table, we're not going to try to like oversaturate this. So we're going to make it quick. I'm going to pick two to three songs per album, make a playlist uh, with Dan's assistant. Uh, send it over to you and then we'll talk about it next time but um these guys are from massachusetts so they're they're kind of local and i've actually never seen them dan have you seen them live i have not i've wanted yeah it's one of it's one of those bands that like i've always missed their shows like for some reason i just have not seen them yeah and they are they are very technical um they they do a lot of things that you would find in like metal but they're i would not call them metal at all um mm. right right yeah Dan? i i think they mostly get sort of slotted into the genre of like post screamo yeah yeah because they have a lot of sort of disparate ver- um influences you definitely hear metal hardcore screamo things like yeah that, there's but- always there's always something going on there's never just like heavy chug chug chugging and then like a cool little solo there's always stuff to keep you interested i've sort of lost touch a little bit with their newer stuff Uh, i think they've undergone a lineup change well their their newest album was in 2013 so you haven't really lost touch of (laughs) anything okay so maybe they haven't recorded with their newer lineup but what i can tell jimmy that i think he'll appreciate is the classic lineup featured a, a lead singer but also a guitarist who took lead vocals on some songs and they do two part harmonies through like almost every song. They're both very talented singers. You know, I really enjoy that. And it's very, like Jeff said, it's musically like very intricate. Um, Some of it's really catchy. I think it's going to run the gamut and I think Jeff made a good choice. This should be a shoe in for you to enjoy for Jimmy day. Okay. Yeah. I'm really excited for this. I've never heard anything. So yeah. Cool. Yeah, well, we'll talk more about him in the second segment, but I think you're going to like it. Happy birthday, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy, so for my gift to you on Jimmy Day, <laughs> yeah, I've chosen a movie that I'm astonished that you haven't seen yet. Um, yeah. I think. Yeah, me too. You think you know what it's going to be because I asked you about a movie, but it's not that. Oh. I am talking you into a musical comedy drama from 1991 called the commitments oh okay so do you know anything about this movie no i don't 
It's based on a really famous novel from 1987 by Roddy Doyle. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is the story of a young guy growing up. um, His name's Jimmy Rabbit. He's growing up on the north side of Dublin, Ireland in the late 80s, early 90s. It's a bit of a coming of age story. (laughs) Uh, And he decides that he is going to assemble assemble a group of musicians and sort of become like their manager slash promoter. He's a music fanatic. So Mm -hmm. he puts together a soul band. He has decided that the type of music that Dublin needs for the working class, uh, you know, teenagers in the area is soul music. That's something they can connect to. Mm. So the movie is basically him going around Ireland, getting all these like super talented musicians together and teaching them about soul music and why this is the right music that Ireland needs. And it's sort of like a movie about building a soul band. It's like uh, the Blues Brothers coming of age prequel. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's really right on right on point. Yeah. It's got some great musical performances, some really catchy songs in there. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Yeah, and as I don't know if listeners know, but the Blues Brothers is like my favorite movie. So yeah, um, yeah, this is like Irish Blues Brothers, but younger and dumber, cool, and less chasing Nazis, which <laughs> and not as funny. Yeah, um, but yeah, so it's about that. Uh, only downside: Jeff's got a really fun little playlist that he's going to put together, and we're all going to be able to access super easy. <laughs> The commitments is not streaming anywhere. <laughs> yeah, really, because I I watched it about five years ago on Netflix. So you're telling me Netflix within the last five years removed the commitments? <laughs> it, I believe they have. I'm gonna double check, but I think I did look this up, and uh, I think we're gonna need to drop about two ninety nine um to to rent this movie from your Amazon or one of those types. All of right, if you say it's, so, it's but, worth it. I, I Dan completely ignored me, but I've seen the movie as well, Jimmy. I think you'll like. It. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Well, I, I I'm sorry, Jeff. We did have a little bit of a a conversation about this. What is your level of exposure to this movie? I as I just said, I did watch it most recently uh, a couple of years ago. Um, I did see this when it came out like not when it first came out because i was like five uh but maybe a few years later and i do remember my dad bought the soundtrack on cassette from sam goody one time cool so so there is uh there's a very personal connection to a movie i forgot existed until dan texted me (laughs) yeah so i think it's worth the rental i think you're gonna really enjoy it. it's a movie i come back to every few years um so yeah the commitments happy birthday jim oh thank you so uh when we come back i'm going to listen to uh a wilhelm scream is that what what they're called yes correct and then uh the commitments and i'm gonna watch that rent it on amazon yeah we're gonna spoil it yeah you are so lucky we are recording in quarantine because i'd be giving you b-day spankings right now oh yeah just what i wanted or you're sad that we're not twenty six plus one for good luck. Yeah, maybe a little kiss on the cheek. <laughs> Too far, Jim. <laughs> it's all about that aftercare, baby. <laughs> Okay, that's fine. (laughs) 
The king is dead. Welcome back. Okay, Jimmy. We yeah. are we are back after a week of uh, recording the first half of this episode, and Dan and I wanted to talk you into two topics. So let's just cut to the chase. Jimmy Were died. you talked into both topics? <laughs> <laughs> no, goodbye. Just kidding. All right. We're, we'll Next get week there. on Talk Me Intro. Oh. So, Jimmy, you had a good birthday from what I heard. You did nothing. Yep, it was great. It was exactly what I wanted. Dude, and that- hopefully we we were able to talk you into some good stuff and this was a way to celebrate your birthday a little bit yeah you know doing nothing on your birthday is like the most boss move ever i've been doing that since i was like 17 every single year and it's great oh yeah i don't give any shits about my birthday it's literally just a day to me so yeah yeah, people are like oh what are you what are you doing for your birthday well i'm probably gonna go home and off sorry jim (laughs) yeah pretty much so yeah we did uh two topics yeah um the first one Jeff chose for you. Yes. This is a, supposed to be a shoe in. We tried to talk you into a Wilhelm scream. Yeah. So you guys thought that act. this would be like a shoe in. Like I would definitely like love this. Uh oh. And uh, let's, let's get into it. <laughs> and I did. The so, end. Next week on Talk Me Intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So the first song that you had me listen to was Mute Print, uh, yes. which is. Uh, my first impression, I've never heard this band before, or so I thought. Um, so, uh, yeah, I definitely heard some, like, clear, like, a clear melody and some tight harmonies, which are always very enjoyable to me whenever I'm listening to hardcore music. Um, whenever I'm listening to hardcore music. Uh, this was the album opener. Yep. And, um, you know, you're a oh. vocal boy. You like vocals. And that's how it starts. Yeah. And, and they're like, they're met with this like punch of guitars like immediately. Yeah. Well, with hardcore music, I'm definitely like always listening for like something like a little bit more melodic. I'm like, yeah, it could sound good too. Like it doesn't necessarily need to be like, I don't know, just like screaming in your face and stuff. So it was definitely enjoyable. Um, it was a great first impression. I would definitely you, say that uh, this is one of the highlights. Did you listen to this with headphones or like in a car? Or how'd you listen to this playlist? Um, I listened to it mostly in the car, um, but I did listen on like my good like sound system in my house. So something that a Wilhelm scream does that I love that is very noticeable in headphones, especially is the way that both guitars are panned to each side predominant like one guitar is predominantly on the left and one is predominantly on the right and sometimes that's not done very well um but however they record and just like how they make the songs you can really pick it up like there's different tones in each guitar and it's just it adds such a, a texture to all of the songs and i think that i'm bringing it up now because like that follows through like all of their albums all their recordings over this whatever it is 10 years or whatever it has the same consistency and quality Mm. yeah yeah i would probably Uh, say that i'll also add in that not only is this like a cool opening to this album but this is literally the opening to this band yes so they had like a couple little minor demos and stuff but mute print was their first like big album and to open that with such a jarring opening track is like sort of ballsy for me i think it's a cool decision yeah i definitely agree uh then we get to famous friends and fashion drunks and uh it's definitely got a really good hook it's uh super catchy sounds good um it's it's pretty enjoyable to listen to this I, is I, um, way more... I also really liked the breakdown too 
this is way more like New England pop punk than it is hardcore, right? Mm, I could definitely hear that, yeah. Or at least pop punk I also, inspired. Um, mm. I also think a lot of their lyrics are pretty richly layered with metaphor, so sometimes it's hard to ascertain right. meaning. But for me, this one always... I don't know if I'm interpreting this correctly, but for me, what rings true is this song is about the difficulty of following rules without giving without being given explanation. Mm. It's like um, uh, being forced to do something just because you're told to and how difficult that can be as someone who's like sort of rebellious. There's also a lot in there about how difficult it is to hear hard truths from like friends and loved ones, which to me points points me towards the direction of like substance abuse and Mm. and i could totally see this being a song about going to rehab and being told you have to follow these strict rules when you're a naturally rebellious person right yeah i could definitely hear that too um i didn't go too deep into the lyrics and stuff mostly just because we didn't have a whole lot of time Um, well yeah and plus yeah plus like dan said sometimes the metaphors are just so layered that they almost don't want you to know what the hell they're talking about um because you can get something off the surface but sometimes it's harder to find out what they mean on a deeper level which i've liked this band for a long time and i don't know what half the songs mean i just know that they sound good right yeah so you want to talk about layers of metaphor the next track is one that i wanted to make sure it was on this playlist and it's anchor and it's one of my favorite wilhelm scream songs yeah jimmy what did you think of this one uh i definitely enjoyed like the it definitely has like a strong like lead guitarist like the the guitar part of the song was like really good really mm-hmm. catchy um like i always enjoy like a good guitar riff like i love like acdc and and bands like yeah. that that have like strong guitarists and strong guitar parts that are like catchy there's a, a lot, lot of, of like hair metal lead guitar bits throughout mm. this band but they don't overdo it where it's not like annoying or boring they just like throw these little punches in there like these stings right i would also go to bat that this song has one of the catchiest vocal sections on a wilhelm screams uh discography i think that the piss drunks and love these two are found in gutters is like super memorable and it's when I like sometimes I'll be honest with you especially with the later tracks I have a hard time remembering which is which for a Wilhelm scream mm. but for mm-hmm. me anchor end is always the one that has that break where he's has that line yeah I, I definitely like the chorus too where he's like all my friends are anchor end yeah that yep. was that was good too and uh yeah definitely a good song I mean I, I remember the chorus so that's that's definitely good yeah then we get to The King is Dead, which uh, you boys are apparently a fan of because you were singing it before. It might be oh, the beginning dude, of this. Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, that intro. Come on, Jim. That intro. Yeah. yeah, the beginning instrumental I could listen to probably like 10 minutes of. It was really good. Yeah, this was like a, a turning point for this band for sure. Yeah, this is one of my favorite album, album openers ever, regardless of the band or the genre or whatever i just think it's such a oh yeah the way sure. it's um as jeff was saying like this makes perfect use of the panning mm-hmm. there's no cheating in here there's no like third guitar part up the middle to make it sound like smooth or anything this is literally two guitars one on each side and a bass up the middle and it just sounds so rich and textured mm. um and the and leads are like the song the, it's like palm muted leads and then there's like the nasty yeah. little bass rolls over it oh it's just so it's so sexy 
<laughs> and plus it's just like a fun concept for a song too like i don't know just like the king is dead yeah like whoa whoa i don't know but uh yeah it's it's, it's super enjoyable the <laughs> instruments are super fun um the the concept is cool um yeah i definitely agree this is probably one of the highlights of the playlist for sure they, they do a cool thing before we move on to in the bridge where <clears throat> so they've they've come in like with this super like melodic intro and then it comes in full blast with the vocals and everything like that and and it's a lot the verse and the chorus is is aggressive and in your face but then they oh it's an amazing build up and resolution yeah and Mm -hmm. yeah so then everything like sort of like backs off and you hear this like little pretty guitar tap out part and he's doing the the vocal is like to wade through the virus of your lies and it's like real delicate and dark and foreboding and then it comes right back in again and I just think that takes a lot of talent to like, I don't know, not to get too heady, but that's something that Bruce Springsteen does where he's able to like sculpt the emotion of the song. And you don't hear that in a lot of punk and hardcore bands. Usually it's like zero to 60 until the end of the song. <laughs> I could definitely hear that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I enjoyed the uh, slow down part too. I did write that down that uh, it's cool that they could like slow things down and like sort of like getting your feels a little bit and then uh then ramp it right back up which is really cool yeah. <clears throat> and uh this one is one that i actually pushed for too because i wanted you to hear i know jeff is going to pick the rippers he's going to pick the bangers <laughs> but, no this uh, was this is a good choice i love this song in in vino veritas 2 yeah is one because i wanted you to see the full scope of what this band can do so i'm curious to see what you think of this jim yeah this was uh definitely highlight for me as well i mean i've been saying that for like every song so i guess all of them are highlights um but no i definitely really enjoyed this one i i like that it's it's kind of like slower than everything else um Mm -hmm. every time he said staring at the wall i kept on thinking he was going to say scratching at my balls instead of like scratching (laughs) out your name and i I don't know why i kept on thinking that because obviously like the rhyming pattern yeah like obviously the rhyming pattern is a b a b but uh, I was like, no, I was hoping for that AA, like uh, scratching out my balls. But uh, no, it was not. And uh, no, I, I enjoy the like sort of like emotional aspect of it. Um, it- yeah. And vocally, it's a lot like Reliant K, especially their later stuff. Mm. I know you guys listen to a, a little bit of Reliant K and their later stuff, too, which is more heavily acoustic and piano driven. There's definitely these like kind of like Johnny Cash did on his American recordings, just like the deep piano accents, like every now and then there's just like a bomb mm. just to add that, like that depth in that uh, it's like thick. It makes a song sound like it's like rusty and just, Oh, uh, I love it. So this might be something that Jeff doesn't even know, but Jimmy, I, I wanted to point this out to you. I had said in the first part of this episode that this band sort of has two lead singers. Um, yeah. They have a lead singer and then they have a guitarist who's also a very talented vocalist. And uh, yeah, this is him. The the lead singer. Yeah, the whole song. song. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Also, another fun fact, in vino veritas is Latin. It's a phrase that means in wine there is truth, Mm. meaning that sometimes when we drink, we speak the hard truths. Oh, okay. So it was like maybe he had a buzz on and he was saying some things that were pretty difficult for him to say. Yeah um yeah no it was definitely very enjoyable um i do want to say the title of the next song because it's very fun uh the kids can eat a bag of dicks uh which they can and they will and they have and they will i have no idea what the title has to do with the song but um 
uh, I immediately recognized it because I was like, oh, this is an old IC3 bed. Uh, before yep. when uh, Dan and Jeff didn't care about copyright, they would just have like random songs on because. Hey, Jimmy, because of fair use, can we put that in there for like 29 seconds? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Um, I could have it on as the bed, kind of like what you did. Um, yeah, for sure. But uh, no, it was like the introduction. I was like, oh, I've recognized this. And then like <laughs> as soon as like the, the drum started kicking in, I'm like, oh, that's that's literally what that is. Um, but no, it, it, it's kind of funny because. Whenever I play our, like a hostage com song, people are like, oh, that's your theme song. And like the song keeps on happening. And they're like, oh, I don't remember that that's a song. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, but it was definitely enjoyable. Um, I like that little instrumental part in the beginning. I thought that's it's a cool little intro. And mm. um, just the song, the actual song itself, I thought was really enjoyable. And um, I like how I- everything was incorporated and stuff. So I did focus a little bit more on the lyrics to this playlist because I figured that you guys would be focusing a lot on the music. Correct. Um, And this one... I did a little bit of both. This one, I would say that even though the title is funny and and abrasive, it actually is in theme with the song. It's not like they just picked a funny phrase. Like the song, to me, is sort of a perspective on growing up and not growing up physically, but maturing and making the decision to try to take the better qualities of older people without gaining the lesser qualities and like not becoming your parents basically Mm. that's what i took from it at least okay so yeah the kids can eat a bag of dicks sorry jim (laughs) (laughs) jimmy moving on to moving on to the next album uh it starts off and this is the album opener the first two songs okay I, I put them together because I wipe my ass with showbiz and five to nine, uh, very thematic lyrically, but also musically they're short songs right. and it just, it just kicks off and goes with it and doesn't slow down. Yeah. So what, what did you think about these two songs or if you want to go song by song? Um, I thought, uh, I wipe my ass with showbiz. I thought was like a little bit more metal than we were listening to already. Um, it- yeah, I would say it's more like skate or thrash punk. Mm influenced hardcore which is awesome yeah it it was definitely enjoyable i think that this whole album in general is probably pushing the boundaries of their technicality which is impressive but for me isn't doesn't doesn't have the melodic like strength that i like in their first two albums i would probably agree with that uh we're gonna get to some other songs too i thought were a little weaker personally um but Mm -hmm. um uh I thought these two were definitely enjoyable. Um, I, I definitely prefer five to nine to uh, Dolly Parton's nine to five. So um, it, it was, it was, it was enjoyable. I didn't really write down a whole lot about these songs, but um, yeah, like I think that uh, showbiz is kind of like about selling your soul to the right, devil. Right. Uh, just in like that classic, is it Robert Johnson story? Like just the blues man at the crossroads right and um and you know five to nine it's like anti-work the the inverse yeah it's the inverse of nine to five where their job is just to be on stage at night right exactly i think jeff i think you've got it sort of hit the nail on the head with i wipe my ass with showbiz but you're you're sort of neglecting one part of it which is that it's also the classic trope of um punk rockers being afraid or not willing oh, to for sell sure. out. Yeah. Mm. So there's a lot in there about what it's like to be in a band and be a part of an underground scene and then move to the next level. I do think that the little breakdown line, uh and I and I'm forgetting it now, I didn't write it down, but Mama, I sold my soul for 
management. Thank you, management. I kept thinking marketing. That that's a cool part. The way the guitar reflects what he's doing vocally. Yeah, they do that. I don't know if we we skipped. I, I skipped over my notes, but Jimmy, there's a lot of parts in this song where the guitar and the bass and the vocal sometimes all line up. Mm. So it's kind of like it's kind of like the music's galloping, galloping, and then all of a sudden everybody skips together a few times, and then it goes back to that gallop. And it's really, really cool how they pull. Oh, I never even noticed that. I'll have to give that another listen. Um, I yeah, mean, if like, I was nah, talked nah, into nah. it, but if you were talked into yeah. it, um, that's cool. So we and then Jaws three people zero. Let's get the out of here. Sorry, Jim. With five F's, the number twenty seven. Good one. Yeah, this song was super super fun. Obviously, the Jaws metaphors and stuff were were really enjoyable. It has a fun little instrumental in the in the middle of the song, which was which was cool. It and they do that that guitar thing where the guitars sync up in this song too. It was, uh, I would, it was cool. I would wager that based on this song, Mute Print, the name of the band, this band may like movies. <laughs> <laughs> what? Really? You think? I, I'm not a huge fan of this album, as I sort of insinuated earlier. Uh, I, I think the intro is awesome and the way it comes back to it later on. Mm-hmm. But I think the middle of this song is a bit of just like a test of like how fast we can play guitars and how <laughs> many words we can fit in. Yeah, and I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm fully signed on. I am here for it. It's cool to listen to once in a while, but I, I'm not going to like sing along and bop my head to it. Mm. Mm. I mm. thought it was good. Mm. Like uh, I thought this was probably, uh, I hate to spoil the next three song, but I thought this was like the last like pretty decent song. Um, Ooh, hard disagree. Really? It, it's kind of it's weird because like this band, the releases weren't over that big of a time period. And... Um, and I do know that they had a bass player change, and I don't know when that happened, but I still kind of separate this as two different eras mm. in my head. And like we're we're ending the first era with the first three albums, and then the EP and the last album to me are like a second era. And um, the first three I do think are stronger, but I do really like these next three songs. And I put one song from the EP just because it's like four or five songs, and I pick Skid Rock, and I did that. Um, not because of anything lyrically or I don't I don't know what it's really about, but I think that this is one of like their most ambitious songs musically. It's like four and a half minutes. It's got all those hair metal references, mm. those other metal. Re- it's got all these different things that they do, but thrown into one song. And I think they pull it off because to me, it's just a fun song. Um, and I also I always think about Skid Row and Kid Rock and like <laughs> Kid Rock walking down Skid Row. And that's just funny imagery. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought this this song was fine. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't like sort of like get the concept of it. Um, I, whoa. Yeah. You didn't like those, Jimmy? The little whoa. Yeah, it's fine. Like, yeah, I don't know. It, there was just nothing like whenever I'm listening to like hardcore or like punk rock, I always want something that like cooks me. And like something that I can like sort of sing along to. And this song just didn't really feel like hooky to me. Um, I th- oh, no, it's not. It's not. I think Jeff points out something that was definitely done purposefully of the by the band, which is um, it's definitely a reflection on the status of heavy metal. Yeah. Um, music and lyrics are sort of about heavy metal tropes. And uh-huh. I specifically love the line today's anthrax tomorrow's boys to men. 
<laughs> it's just about the evolution of heavy metal and how things sort of evolve and maybe are becoming a little bit corporate and you know sugary sweet as time passes by yeah <clears throat> but I have to say that Boat Builders is a song that I'm not super familiar with. So I, w- to put you in the historical context of my relationship with a Wilhelm scream, yeah. Career Suicide is the last album that I like bought and fully engaged with. And I was a little disappointed by it. So I kind of lost touch with them. Mm. Um, so these last two songs that Jeff put on the playlist are actually sort of new to me. I probably heard them once or twice, but... Mm-hmm. Diving into Boat Builders, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Jim, what did you think? I thought it was fun, um, but uh, I don't know. I thought Boat Builders, number one, they just felt kind of like, just like sort of like samey, like sort of like, I don't know, like new metal, uh, like sort of punk rock fusion. I don't know. It just, it just yeah, felt the, a little the generic. Album, but. The album that these are off to, that are off of Party Crashers, it actually came out in 2013, which to me is crazy because it feels like it's their newest, it, it is their newest album still. Yeah. And it just, it's eight years ago yeah. now. But um, it, the album as a whole, I do like it. I did pick these two songs because the other ones I thought would be even more so what you explained. Mm. The album as a whole, it has everything that we've talked about so far in a Wilhelm scream, but it is more heavier. It's more chuggy, like yeah, the chugga chugga, but not the boring chugga chugga. No. It's just <laughs> it's heavier as a whole. Well, some some chugga chuggas are real boring, and some chugga chuggas are there for layers and depth. And I think that's what they right. do. They got the deep chugga chuggas. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like I don't mind the chugga chuggas. Um, I thought it was. I, I just thought these songs were fine. I just wasn't connecting to them like as much as I was like the first half of this playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was See, definitely enjoyable. I think I had a little bit of a weak spot for this song because I, the first time I listened to it through, I was like, yeah, this is cool, whatever. But then when I did get into the lyrics, uh, they hit me right right where I'm in my soft spot, which is uh, being in punk rock bands and growing up with it. And yeah. uh, so the, this song is all about how to find joy and love in underground music. Uh, with the full understanding that there's a ceiling and you're never going to be like a super successful, rich, professional musician. And and that if you get into it knowing that, you can actually take away some some happiness in the camaraderie and the metaphor yeah. of boat builders. It's this workman-like aesthetic. Like, hmm. we're not rock stars. We're, we're workmen. We're bringing our guitar. We're doing this thing for our friends. And then we're going back home. And Jimmy, you've never been in a band before, but think of it and talk me into terms, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we mentioned we mentioned it sometimes, but like this is fun. It's a fun thing for us to do. We know that people enjoy it. We see the numbers, we see the responses, right. but uh, it's not paying our right. bills. Right. Yeah. So we are true. the boat We're the boat builders, Jimmy. Okay. Yes. I- and we are the number one boat builders. Yeah, the modern wayfarers. Yeah, we can get into number one a little bit. Um yeah, it, it, sort of basically what i said before is like i i think i definitely enjoy the the earlier stuff a little bit better um as it gets farther along it just feels a little generic to me um but uh, i don't know maybe i'm just not listening like as in-depthly as i should have been and plus like i listened to this playlist a lot too so like once i like sort of got yeah. towards the end i was just sort of like yep it sounds like uh sounds like this um, yep. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's why I only put two or three songs per album, because this is a band that like, if you listen to their entire discography, yes, it sounds the same. Mm. They're consistent. Right. right. Um, 
you know, like, but you don't need, you don't need to hear every song to make up your mind. Like I'm sure you could have made up your mind after three or four songs. Yes. Um, so any final thoughts before we ask you the question and before we get on to our second topic in Jimmy Day? <laughs> no, it was definitely enjoyable. Um, uh, like, like you said in the first half too, is like, I'm starting to get a little bit more into like hardcore music. And, um, I think you really, um, hit the nail on the head where, uh, obviously I, I enjoy more hardcore music. That's a little bit more melodic, a little bit more catchy stuff that you can sing along to like, uh, like an H2O or, uh, things in that vein. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys can ask me the question. I'm sure you already know. Okay. The Jimmy. Did Dan and I talk you into the New England hardcore metal punk band, a Wilhelm scream? Yeah, you did. It was very easy. Okay. And, and instead of me showing excitement now, can you please insert the Wilhelm scream here? <laughs> yes, that, that's absolutely in there. Great. Yes. I am. I'm very happy. I, it's a shoe in Dan. We did our job. Yeah. Let's just end the episode and <laughs> move on. <laughs> no, because I've got another shoe in for Jimmy to celebrate his birthday. Oh, this is going to be a long episode. This is this is a movie that I was shocked, frankly, that you haven't seen yet, Jim. Yeah. No, I was. That, I was surprised, too. Yeah. So uh, we're going to be spoiling the commitments. Uh, f- Jimmy. Yeah. We watched the commitments. We did. Yeah. What'd we sure did. So, um, I thought it was an enjoyable movie and, uh, we're done. Uh, no, let's, let's go a little bit into the plot. Uh, All right. Before we get into this, I was telling, I think just Dan, I'm not sure if it was in the group chat, but I watched this with my wife and she absolutely hated it. Oh yeah. She wasn't talked into it. (laughs) I don't know how that's possible. I was like, could we please, could I just record you while we're watching or consuming things that I do for Talk Me Into? Because you're way more entertaining than all three of us combined. (laughs) Because her commentary is just brilliant. She's like, I hate this. It's boring. There's no action. Nothing's happening. They're not even speaking English. And I was like, they're literally (laughs) speaking English. And she's like, no, they're like Egypt and f***ing this and f***ing that. Sorry, Jim. Sorry, Jim. But it was very entertaining. Yeah, it was. It was super. um, (laughs) That is funny. We should do like. And she's like, (laughs) she's like, who picked this topic? And I was like, "Uh, (laughs) I I've seen it and enjoy it. So so, Jim, I want to hear your perspective. So you dive in and me and Jeff will just sort of chime in. Sure. Um, so this movie is uh, basically about like this, uh, this k- kind of like a group, like community friends. I don't know. It's, it's weird to call them friends, but they kind of are uh, from Dublin, Ireland, which is basically like uh, sort of like the ghettos of, uh, of Ireland. Uh, as well, they're from northern Dublin, which northern is definitely Dublin. The, the bad part of the city. Right. And the northern part of northern Dublin. Mm. Right. Yeah. Which is uh, which is fun and, and sort of plays into uh, the themes of the movie and stuff. Um, so uh, this dude, uh, Jimmy Rabbit, uh, is sort of like sort of uh, I guess like the manager of this band or whatever. And he just basically like wants out. He doesn't want anything to do with it anymore. And um, he's like, yo, I think we're going to we should do a soul band instead. I don't remember exactly the reasoning behind why he wanted to do it. It just sort of like happened. I think he just likes soul. So he he was not a manager of a band prior to this. He was in the quote unquote sales side of the music business, which he went to a he went to a flea market and sold bootleg cassettes out of his duffel bag. Right. Which we saw in the beginning of the movie. 
And I think he was just a huge fan of music. And he sort of came up with this theory that, you know, as we hear in a later speech that, uh, you know, Dubliners, uh, Northern Dubliners are the blacks of of Dublin and Dubliners are the blacks of Ireland and Ireland is the blacks of Europe. So they need basically working class black people music, which he's determined is soul. Yeah, right. Um, Which was uh, uh, an interesting uh, way to look (laughs) at it. Especially yeah. when he's like, I'm black and I'm proud later on. I'm like, oh boy. Okay, we're there. Yeah. There's not even one black person in this <laughs> no. entire movie. <laughs> no. Which is like, I guess it's fine because of where it's set. And, you know, I, I don't know where the writer's from, but I would assume that it's a, it's a personal and accurate representation of uh, that era. But yeah, there are some moments where I'm like, yikes. Yeah. yeah, I think it's one of those things of like ignorance, not intolerance. Like mm. he means oh, for sure. perfectly well and he has a ton of respect and hero worship for these black American artists. Right. But because he's got this sort of like white centric world that he lives in, he's just like doesn't even realize how problematic some of this stuff is. Yeah, um, it, it, it's it's fine. Um <laughs> so uh we uh so basically he's like hey i want to like basically i want to like make this band um <clears throat> so they um the, he wants to start like auditioning people for the bands and stuff and like he's getting some people around that he knows he was at a wedding earlier on he, st- he saw this dude like singing and uh he had like a really good voice and stuff like that so he was like hey i want you in the band and he was like why do you want me in the band he was like i saw you singing at the wedding and he was like, I was singing at the wedding. I was blasted, <laughs> which was funny. Yeah. He um, went to the wedding to see the guitar player and bassist. Right. Which end up joining the band. But he uh, he finds Deco, who's just like a drunk asshole, but has this God-given voice, which is great. Right. And um, they find uh, this... Uh, this dude who had God sent him. Dan, are you eating? No, I'm not eating. I'm coughing. Oh, it sounds like somebody's scooping food into their mouth. I'm sorry, Jim. Um, uh, I forgot where I was going. Oh, so uh, th- this dude who like God apparently sent him to uh, to go play in this band with them, um, who supposedly has played with all the greats back in the day and stuff like that. So that was kind of fun, which is also like sort of questionable if he did that or not. And yeah. um basically they're they're putting the band together and it was a comical amount of time of of like auditioning people and stuff i just thought it was really funny like the whole audition like process in the beginning of the movie was like a solid like 15 to 20 minutes and i was i was here it's for so all funny it. at how unrealistic it is which is yes. fine for the Agreed. movie but just to put this in perspective jimmy when dan and i were in high school and we were like uh, our guitarist left we need a new guitarist and we put up like an ad on the Connecticut punks yeah. forum we got like one person that applied and then we let her be in the band because that was our option <laughs> right <laughs> and like I was better at guitar than her and I'm not I'm not good at it yeah so I would say that um, yeah this this whole audition section is mostly just for comedy agreed but it's oh, for sure. it's so worth it because there's so much there's so many good moments in this yeah and uh oh, like what, what the the door opening and closing and then just like he opens it up at the end and there's a punk and he just slams yeah it. like yeah. it's all like these like new wave metal guys and like a punker and stuff it, it's pretty funny and well my favorite thing to come out of this is uh is the dad who just oh, yeah. is an elvis fanatic <laughs> elvis is god be in the band yeah he's like elvis is not soul elvis is god 
And then at one point, there's a group of like new wave dudes, or no, they're like folkies, and they're like playing this song called "Elvis Was a Cajun." Yeah, <laughs> and uh, the father just like slams the door, and he's like, "That's fucking blasphemy! Elvis wasn't Cajun." <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. So good, King Creole though, dude, King Creole. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of really good comedy in this. Um, like uh, basically, like they they uh put the band together they're all watching like a like a james brown concert and like james brown like famously like did the thing where he needs needed to be like helped off the stage or whatever and somebody yeah. was like um uh he went too hard he's he's hurt he's, he's getting hurt. pushed he's getting uh helped off the stage i thought that was just funny as a fan of james brown yeah so uh this whole first third of the movie feels like a montage of putting the band together and there's some like great moments in there that i would like to just touch on briefly um i love uh the drummer uh proving that he can play drums by using his own drum set which is in the pawn shop window yeah <laughs> and the pawn shop owner's like shut the fuck up yeah sorry jim <laughs> yeah there's there's a whole lot of f-bombs in this movie which i thought it was like uh enjoyable too because like this could have easily been like a rated pg movie whatever but like no they're just like true to their like irish heritage just like yelling at each other all the time and i thought yeah. it was funny I, and i think the sort of payoff of this first section so he so we see jimmy gathering all these like disparate people like as you said they're all sort of like acquaintances some of them went to school together right and and the payoff of all this is the scene where they're on the bus after like their first time getting together. Yeah. And Jimmy gives this speech about how um, this is another reason why he supposedly chose soul music is because soul is the rhythm of sex and it's the rhythm of the factory. And that's something that Dubliners can relate to. Mm. And um, they all break out into song as people do in real life <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And they have that great moment where they're like, destination everywhere. And I'm like, oh, this is such a jam. Yeah. Jim, what did you think of that scene? Oh, it was awesome. Like, as soon as they started doing that, I was like, oh, I already have a feeling that this is going to be really good. Um, and then that happened. And they had their first rehearsal, too. And um, something happened with the first rehearsal, which I wasn't really expecting, was they weren't good. And yeah. um, I was like, oh, that's nope. awesome. They're actually going to, like, try and get better. And um, it actually worked, too, because, like, they had three different versions of uh, one of the songs. I can't think of the name of it, even though I watched it last night. But they played it, like, three times in the movie. And, like, every time it's, it kept on getting better. And I think it was, like, mm -hmm. the last song that they played, too. And I was like, oh, that's cool. They're actually showing that they, like, progressed and started actually getting better. And rehearsing actually helps. Yeah, it's Mustang Sally. Mustang Sally, right. I want to jump in here with something that you may or may not know. I didn't know this until researching for this episode. And Jeff, I'm not sure if you do either. Um, so this film is cast with predominantly musicians who they sort of taught to act. There's a few actors who they taught to I mean, sing. I could... That I could believe that because the acting isn't great in well, this. It's charming. That's but not it's the not end, great. though, Jeff. The reason why they did this is because all these performances are real. They are not overdubs or lip syncs. They captured the live performances. I had a strong feeling that they were. So oh. those people are all really playing their instruments, with the exception of uh, Jimmy the Lips Fagan. He could not play trumpet. Oh. But I guess they needed a good actor for him. Um but yeah, I agree with you that this first practice is really well done. And I think Jeff can, and, and Jimmy, you've been to it. Like you were technically in a band with us for like <laughs> a minute. Yeah. 
there's this thing that happens when you're like putting a band together where everyone can sort of be doing their part correctly, but it sounds like dog shit. Right. That's exactly yep. what it sounded like. And yeah, because if you zero in on like just the vocals, like they're right, but they're not together. Right. And like the piano player is doing his thing, but he's like slightly too. That's loud. how it is like being in a choir too. Like you can all be exactly. singing like your same thing, but you're not blending well. And that's why it's great that when you see the montage of that practice, like by the end, it's like better. It's not great. Right. But you you feel like they've made some accomplishments. Right. It was definitely like I'm cool. I'm glad that they did something like that, too, because it's so easy to do the musical thing where they're just amazing the first time and they never play that song again. Like It's cool. Exactly. Like it, it's a cool like band movie. And I've never seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. So that was and, enjoyable. Um, I think that's sort of echoed into the scene that we get a little while later, which is their first gig. Right. <laughs> it's so funny because like building up, well, like you have to di- have some disbelief, like I said, with all those people auditioning and like, why are they so interested in being in just a nothing band? Like there's no promise. There's no like money involved. It's nothing. Um, well, I will say, gig- I will say one thing to combat that Jeff, I just want to jump in that at this time in the late eighties, there was enough of a music scene in Ireland. Like they reference you two a lot in this movie, but there's a big like new wave and like underground punk scene that you could be a professional musician if you like worked really hard. Okay. Well, you know more than me. You're better than me. Dan. What do you want me to say? <laughs> well, I'm just saying you're equating it to <laughs> Connecticut in the 2000s. And that's not really the world that they were in. We got $20. Uh, okay. <laughs> Okay, so we get to this first show and it's 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 a shit show and it's really funny. They're playing in front of a bunch of kids. Um, now I'm going to equate this to Connecticut in the 2000s, Dan. <laughs> Do it. What what I know that we've all played weird shows. What's like the weirdest, most awkward show that you played? Like where you just didn't fit. Like this band didn't fit there. So I have two answers for you. One of them is your answer, which is the weirdest, most strange. But the other one is. We have played a show that was very similar to this, which was uh, a cancer benefit show at our high school. Yes. (laughs) I didn't know that. I'll I'll let you talk more about that experience. But to answer your question, the weirdest show I ever played and the worst show I ever played, which it made me actually quit the band, was I drove two hours to play a graduation party in someone's garage. (laughs) And... The party was canceled because of rain, but they didn't tell us. So we showed up and played in the garage to four people who were sitting on lawn chairs. And I left. And as I was loading my gear in my car, I decided in my head, I'm quitting this band. I did not know that. That's very funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah so this show, when we were in high school, Jim, I don't know how long it went on. Five years, at least. It was called the Missing Joe Show because there was a band called Missing Joe that somehow they were like in their 30s or 80s i don't know because when you're a teenager (laughs) old is old and they just played the show like every year and then bands from the school would audition to open Mm. for them and i know dan did it a few times i did it twice once i was a senior the next time i was out of high school but some one of our band members was still in high school um and yeah it was weird because it's like just in the auditorium and we were like this really bad punk band that was like crass we were crass and like the band crass and i i remember adam our singer he like made this political song but against like the establishment of nogatuck <laughs> high school which is very funny and 
like a teacher got mad and like told the police to shut us down. So we were like, we were like rebels. They cut off Adam's mic mid song. And uh, like the police came on stage to like, tell us to get off. And it was, we were just like, you can't silence us. That's incredibly we quietly rock. were silenced and loaded up our equipment and left. Yeah. And I think my dad was at that show and he was like, that was good. And I was like, no, it wasn't. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Oh, and, and that's exactly what happens here is they really capture this thing that happens a lot, which is that you finish your show and you're like, that was horrible. And then you get off stage and people were like, you guys were great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. I mean, like people got a, uh, the, the dude got electrocuted and stuff and uh, just like pushed off the stage and it was fun. Yeah, super funny. Um, so. Uh, yeah sort of like what you were talking about like the the show was a disaster people are like yo that was really cool when are you doing your next one and people are like walking around dublin and they feel like a celebrity and stuff so um Mm -hmm. they're they eventually do book their uh second and in the uh grand scheme of things last gig and um uh i don't remember the name the trumpet player basically said that he knows um shoot what's his name well, you're uh, skipping there. There was a couple more gigs in there that they sort of montage through. Oh, right. Um, right. But yeah, it, it basically, you captured the mood, which is that they're kind of getting a little too big for their britches. Like mm. everyone is getting a little too complacent with like being cool and sounding good. Yeah. Uh, Deco, the singer, is developing this rock star attitude that's pissing off everyone. Yeah. Which is kind of funny, too, because I know Dan's going to shit on me for this, but, like, they're they're just a bar band. Like, you know what I mean? They they still never were even, like, remotely popular. Like, and the as a successful band, I mean, like a band that makes money or, like, has a huge following. And I somewhat agree with that. I'm not going to shit on you. I mean, I think they got a little somewhere by the, by the last gig, which we could sort of skip to because it's the most prominent, which Jimmy's talking about. Yeah. Um, there's not too much else in this movie other than building tension just playing gigs. right 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 um but yeah so they end up going and do this road show and and um the idea is that jimmy supposedly knows wilson pickett who's going to be playing in dublin and he right. uh, uh not jimmy i'm sorry i'm sorry uh what the frig is his name that the, trump the old player. trumpet player right. uh the lips uh, yeah yeah lips, lips uh joey the lips fagan so he's like oh yeah i'm gonna go talk to wilson he's gonna show up and he's gonna jam with us so jimmy goes out and promotes that to all these local newspapers like oh wilson pickett's gonna play with us and stuff. which it it ends up being a negative but to be honest with you like that was still a good move as a manager because he got all kinds of press and record people at their show which is something that you always want to try to do right i thought that that was like joey's like ploy i was like oh he doesn't know wilson pickett like i i just figured like he was a fraud the entire movie and um Mm -hmm. i thought he was like trying to get like jimmy to like promote it and stuff like that and get people to to go to the show um yeah but uh yeah so they were playing the show and it was like fucking awesome sorry jim but like they were like the tightest that they are ever they ever were like they were fighting a lot less in between songs um, yeah. which was funny between the, sh- the song, they were just like yelling at each other and stuff. And yeah, it was enjoyable, but, but you do, you do, do see the beginnings of some, well, not the beginnings, but you see some era, irreparable riffs right in the backstage sequences. Like you see that Joey, the older trumpet player has been sleeping with all the female <laughs> singers. Yes. Uh, you see that Deco is so completely full of himself that he's literally talking about offers from other bands <laughs> yeah. to join. 
and you get the saxophone player who's like full on like thinks he's too cool for this shit like got a new haircut got a new suit and he's ready to play jazz and it's just like I don't know in the beginning like what made them great was that they were this cohesive unit the way they looked, the way they played the way they acted right and now they've gotten so like big headed that they all are like reverting back to their own individual preferences right yeah uh i mean that was pretty much it they they uh they they played the show and immediately like started to have like this huge fight like there was like a bar brawl like in the middle of the show and like yep. it, he was jimmy was like just keep playing just keep playing uh or i think joey was saying that but um it it was funny like they were sort of like playing to the fight which i thought was funny um yeah and uh basically in the end everything sort of came to a head because wilson pickett doesn't show up right the whole, the whole band is like hating each other at this point. Tensions are high and and everyone just pretty much quits the band at once. Yeah, for sure. That's how every band I've ever been in ended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That usually happens. I love how every time there's like a fight or whatever, whenever somebody's bloody, there's a comical amount of blood on them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know why that happened, but <laughs> it made me laugh every time. I'm like, why are they so bloody? Like it's kind of Deco- realistic, but Deco gets headbutted by the drummer, and when he comes up, it looks like he got hit by a machete in the face. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. But uh, yeah, and uh, throughout like this entire movie too, like Jimmy was playing this thing where he is like sort of like getting interviewed by like somebody famous, and yeah. um, at the very end, he's basically saying like why the band broke up and stuff, and it it just felt like it, it's it sort of tied everything together, and it, it felt like the uh, the thread that was like keeping everything together. And um, it just yeah. felt like a fun little romp. I was like, oh, that was the movie. Like, they were a band for a little bit, and then they weren't. And I thought that was yeah. enjoyable. And it, I'm glad they put the little ending where he sort of says what everyone's been up to, because I I think the breakup scene is sort of heartbreaking, because you saw how good this band could be. Right. But by putting the epilogue in there, I think their lives in general are better after having been in the band. I agree. Which is kind of optimistic. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So, Jim, I have one one like little push. I don't know if you'd call it a push, but just something I wanted to bring up because we haven't really gotten into it, to it yet. But I really think, and I was wondering if, if you had the same take on, on the direction as me, that, that it was really handled well done, that it sort of blurred the lines of a traditional, like, you know, dramatic comedy. Mm-hmm. But also, um, during the live sequences, they do a lot of handheld stuff. Which gives it sort of a documentary vibe. Mm. I don't know. Like, did you pick up on any of that? I definitely did pick up on that um, because, like, this movie was shot in, in early '90s. I think '90. I think it came out in '91, and um, yeah. uh, I definitely noticed because, like, everybody watches movies nowadays. Everything is like handheld and stuff, and you notice when things are like on sticks now or tripods now. Um, Mm -hmm. it it just feels very static and stuff. And it feels like an old movie. Whenever you're watching a movie like that was filmed before Jason Bourne, um, it it feels like an old movie because everything's very like static and like cameras Uh barely move nowadays. But I definitely agree when they were in, um, when they were doing the the, clubs, yeah, right. When they're in the clubs and stuff, uh, it felt like it was like a rock and roll movie. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. It just felt Mm -hmm. like very like in the moment. And it felt like, they were like performing and stuff and it was it was enjoyable it, it was well done and the other thing i wanted to bring up is i mean we talked touched on it briefly but 
can we just say and jeff i'm sure you'll agree with this too that this movie has an awesome soundtrack like this is actually a oh, yeah, good band sure. right yeah i 100 percent agree the song choices are great and the performances of them are great yeah so and uh obviously i'm gonna enjoy like soul music and stuff like like we were talking about before too i could definitely see the, the comparisons to the blues brothers and things right. like that a little more rooted in reality not so like right. bon- bonkers crazy plot wise but <laughs> mm-hmm. still has a lot of the same vibes agreed so jimmy yes were jeff and i able for your birthday to talk you into the commitments I hated it. Just kidding. It was really good. I it knew was a good you'd movie. like this one. This was yeah. a shoe in. Yay. It Yay. wasn't like it wasn't like my favorite movie I've ever seen, but it was very enjoyable. It just felt like a, a fun little movie. Yeah. I, like, oh, I, mean, I like it. I, I liked it when Dan brought it up. I was like, yeah, I, I watched it a few years ago and I like it. And watching it again, I think I liked it a little less, but I still liked it. Yeah. I come back to it every few years, mostly just for the music. Like I own the soundtrack on vinyl, and it it slaps, dude. It's so good. Nerd, what a nerd. <laughs> yeah. I I own I own the vinyl record of the soundtrack. Hey Jimmy. Hey Jeff. You are talking us into a movie next week <gasps> that I have never heard of. I am. Am I? Did we mess? Did we, <laughs> we change we the did. schedule? No, we. Uh, yeah, no, we recorded last time. We recorded out of order, but yes, next week you are talking us into The Handmaiden. I'll say it because you won't. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm talking you into The Handmaiden. Uh, this is a movie that I saw with a buddy of mine. We saw The Handmaiden and Moonlight together, and they are both. Oh, um, I've heard tales of this. Yeah, we. I was like, Cooper, are you trying to tell me something? Because both is of these this... movies are like same sex, like coming of uh, to grips with your sexuality and stuff. Um, coming of gauge yeah. <laughs> kind of don't ever kind of. do that again <laughs> <laughs> but um no it was really enjoyable it's made by the same director as old boy which is a film that i also really enjoy and i would like to talk into at some point but it is not streaming anywhere mm. um but uh yeah this is an amazon produced movie uh it's on amazon prime and uh we're gonna get into a little bit more in our uh first half next week so cool. uh, very yeah. cool very cool yeah sounds fun in the meantime yeah. yeah dan where can people find the podcast online oh jimmy i mean at this point we're just dominating the internet you can find us uh on twitter at talk me into on instagram talk me into pod uh email us as always at uh gmail dot wait at talk me into at- <laughs> <laughs> we're dominating that internet space talk me into at gmail.com uh we're everywhere we got we got a thing where people can become patrons patreon.com slash talk me into we're on youtube search for talk me into it's it's everywhere we're we're, we're dominating jimmy nice. where can people find you on the internet you can find me at son of a fitch s-o-n-n-a-v-a-f-i-t-c-h on twitter instagram and youtube where i'm going to be working on uh my way to the game our second episode is being mm. worked on currently and uh, it should hopefully be up by the time you're listening to this. Jeff, where can people find you online? People could find me on Parlor. Oh, not anymore, huh? <laughs> no. You could find me on Twitter at J-E. Got to hear. Sorry, Jim. Jeff with five Fs, the number 27. 
Dan, yeah. where can people find you personally on this internet thing that we are dominating so much? <laughs> I am also dominating primarily the on Twitter Gmail. Sphere. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> gmail.com slash. No. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Danny underscore breakdown. That's that's where you can find. Mostly I just post GIFs at this point. But, Correct. Uh, as always, thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Kissing each other because we're all boyfriends. Yikes. Bye. Hey, Jimmy, this is your episode. Okay, let me have dead air for 15 seconds at the beginning. <laughs> I thought we'll get to it. Oh, there it is. I'm tired. Let's take a nap together. I found it. (laughs) All right. You guys want to keep on going? Just have like the whole first segment just be one. uh, Yeah, I'll get into talk or something too. Jimmy, are you experiencing my lag is really bad? Because I'm hearing Jeff is really bad. Yeah, I think it's you, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, Jimmy's not lagging for me. So I thought if it was just one. Well, is it going to be a problem? No, I think it's fine. Yeah, Who's see, got their cell phone notifications I, on? Not me. As soon as I say something, Jimmy responds, so I didn't think it was me. I don't know. Me and Jimmy said something, and then there was like five minutes of dead air, and then you said something. <laughs> That's how that segment's ending. <laughs> no, right. Neither of you have watched the IT crowd, right? No, not yet. Uh, it's been on my list for a while. There's a scene where Roy's getting a massage and at the end, the masseuse just leans down and kisses his butt really quick. <laughs> he, ta- he takes him to court and he's like, he kissed me, bum. <laughs> cool. All right. We can stop recording now. We don't have to clap. We don't really need to do that. Did it anyway. Okay. Let's stop recording. Uh-